Now, I want to follow a thought that I started last time I was here. In fact, uh, the that Sunday morning, I actually preached in the first service, but not the second service because uh, you just had a just a time of ministering and it was just great. But we talked about unlocking God's provisions for your life. You know, as we mentioned last last time, you know, God loves all of us corporately, right? He lo- I mean, he loves all of us the same. He don't love me more than he loves you. He don't love you more than he loves me. How many of you know God loves all of us? He, he loves all of us equally. Amen. But I believe although he loves us all equally, I don't believe we all receive this, the, the same amount of provisions from God. You know, when I think it comes to receiving from God, I believe that you and I have a lot to do with whether we receive from God or not. Amen. And so I believe that it's the Lord's desire that all of us would receive all that he died for, all that he paid such a high price for. In fact, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now, notice the scripture uses the word all several times here. And it says in all things, at all times, in, in, in all that you need, you will abound in every good work. How many of you know the Lord wants to meet every need that we have? And here's what I feel and here's what I believe. I believe that the Lord desires to supernaturally bless all of us and meet every one of our needs. But sometimes I think even as believers, we're walking around with unmet needs in our life. And I think we just need to do all that we can, learn all that we can, so we don't leave any blessing on the table. Amen? Because I think sometimes we have unmet emotional needs, financial needs, spiritual needs, we relational needs, and I believe God is wanting to meet every one of those needs. So the question then is, how do you increase the Lord's provisions in your life? How do you unlock God's provisions where God's provisions begin to flow in our life in an abundant way? So last time we talked about, first of all, we need to learn to recognize the source of God's provision. Remember I told that story about the guy that, you know, his house was flooding so much so he had to get on the roof and and he's up there and the water's coming up on the roof and now he's got water on his ankles and, and somebody comes by with a P-Rog and says, hey man, jump in, I'm going to save you. And he said, oh no, I prayed and asked God to save me. I'm waiting for God to save me. And then he moves on, the guy in the P-Rog moves on and here comes an airboat. The water's getting higher now. And now it's at his knees. And, and the guy says, hey man, jump in my airboat. I'm going to rescue you, bring you to safety. And the man says, oh, I pray and ask the Lord to rescue me. And so the guy moves on. Finally, the water's, you know, he's about to drown. And the helicopter comes and drops a rope and says, hey, man, grab the rope and we're going to rescue you. I prayed and asked the Lord to rescue me. You can go on. And then he drowns and he gets to heaven and he says, Lord, I prayed and asked you to rescue me. Why didn't you rescue me? And the Lord said, man, I sent you a P-Rog. I sent you an airboat and I sent you a helicopter. And because he didn't recognize the Lord's provisions, he didn't receive the Lord's provision. And I think sometimes you and I in church, sometimes the Lord is providing for us and we don't even recognize it. And we talked about there's, you know, there's a lot of ways God provides, but three ways. One is through his spirit. How many of you know the Holy Spirit as the administrator of God's blessings? And so, you know, unless you open up your heart to the spirit, you're going to shut yourself out of some of the blessings of God. Amen. But, you know, another way that God blesses us is through his promises. He's determined that he was going to do this and that for us. The Bible says that all the promises of God are yes and amen. 
But you know what? Unless you know where the promises are and hang on and hold on and have faith in his promises, you might just leave a blessing right on the table. Amen. And then we talked about God provides for us through his people. You know, sometimes whenever I'm discouraged, God will send somebody to put their arm around me and just encourage my heart. Amen. The Bible, we're vessels that God uses to minister. The Bible says that every joint supplies. And so every one of us, as we function together, as we fellowship together, the purpose of the body is Christ is so that we can encourage and strengthen and provide the, the needs that we have to one another. Amen. And so we need to recognize God's provisions or his resources. But the other thing is that we, we need to not only recognize his resources, but we need to activate our faith. How many of you know that faith releases God's provision? In fact, the Bible says that according to your faith, it will be done to you. I like the New Living Translation. It says because of your faith, it will happen. How many of you, how many of you would agree that faith is very important in the kingdom of God? In fact, you can't get to heaven without faith. You can't even get to heaven. The Bible says salvation is by, it's by faith. And so every one of us need faith. And I believe the more faith we have, the more we will receive from God. What is faith? It's simply just relying on God and trusting in God. It's depending on God. It's not complicated. And it's not faith in our faith. It's faith in the Lord. It's faith in His love. It's faith in His character. It's faith in His ability. Amen. Come on. It's faith in God. The Bible says that in Hebrews eleven six, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. You know, and it's my strong conviction this morning that God requires and rewards all those who are willing to live by and walk in faith and trust God and rely on God. Amen. Would you all agree with that this morning? If you agree, say amen. Amen. So now, how do you do that? How do you walk in faith? I want to give you some distinguishing marks of somebody who, uh, marks of a life lived by first, by faith. And the first mark is this. They rely more on what they believe than what they see. They rely more on what they believe than what they see. This is what 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says. For we live by faith and not by sight. Listen, sometimes what we see in the natural realm will keep us from the blessing of the supernatural realm. Amen. Sometimes you got to be careful what you see, what you look after. In fact, you know, that's what happened to, to the apostle Peter. Remember, Peter walked on water, right? But the Bible says until he saw something he shouldn't have. The Bible says in Mark 14, 30, when he saw the strong wind in the waves, he was terrified and he began to say, save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Now, Peter was walking on water and somebody said, well, yeah, he's saying, well, at least he got out of the boat. Amen. At least he didn't stay in the boat. He walked on water. Who else could say they walked on water? But Peter walked on water. But the Bible says whenever he saw the winds and the waves, he began the same. And, you know, the same is true. Of the, the, remember the 10 spies? The Lord sent 12 spies in the promised land. But 10 of them, they got in the promised land. The Lord says, hey, the promised land is yours. But 10 of them came back and they said, oh, we saw some giants in the land. 
We can't go in the promised land because we saw there are some giants in the land. And in fact, the scripture says in Numbers 1330, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they explored. They said, the land we explored devoured those that live in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. Now listen, ten spies, ten spies never went into the promised land because of what they saw. Two spies, Caleb, Joshua and Caleb, they didn't worry about what they saw. They relied on the word of God. Amen. And listen, what I believe is sometimes we need to be like Joshua and Caleb and we need to quit looking at the giants in the land and see why, how come we can't be blessed. And we need to fix our eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith and say, listen, it doesn't matter how many giants in the land. It doesn't matter how much winds and waves are blowing at it. I'm going to hold on to the promises of God and I'm going to get over unto the other side. Come on. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4.18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. But what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Listen, to walk in faith, you got to learn to look at the unseen and not the seen. The seen is your circumstances. The seen is your situation. The unseen is the word of God and the promises of God. Amen. Come on. You got to look at the unseen instead of the seen. But listen, the seen is always crying out. It's always trying to grab our attention. It's always blowing on our boat. It's always splashing over on our life. And it's very hard whenever you see everything going around you to not sink. But I want to encourage you today, if we're going to live a life of faith, we got to walk more by what we believe than what we see. Amen. Come on, the world might be crashing, but let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Come on, somebody needs to hear this today. Amen. The second mark of a life lived by faith is they courageously face the enemy of their faith. You know, we have an enemy of our faith. The greatest enemy of living a life of faith is not doubt. I believe and it's not unbelief. I believe the greatest enemy of our faith is the spirit of fear. You can't live in faith and live in fear at the same time. Fear will try to knock faith out of you. And faith will knock fear out of you. Amen. There are all kinds of fears we can face. Fear of failure, fear of the economy, fear of, of you know, spiders and, and stuff like that. Fear of, of man. There's all kinds of fears. And, you know, fear is a terrible thing. It robs you of peace. It paralyzes you. It torments your mind. But, you know, I believe the worst thing about fear is it robs you of your faith, the very key that unlocks the blessings of God. And so I believe we need to face fear head on and say, listen, I am not going to live in fear. I'm going to live in faith. Amen. Second Timothy chapter one and verse five, Paul speaking to Timothy. He said, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded it's also it's in you also. Therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of God, 
Is, could it be that his faith was the gift of God? Stir up the gift of God. I think I could tell you today, saints, stir up your faith today. Saints, stir up your faith. Trust God. Believe God. Rely on God. Amen. He said, I remember, stir up the gift of God, which was in you through the laying on of my hands. And he says, listen, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. You know, Paul recognized Timothy was a great man of God and he had a sincere faith. But he was also concerned that Timothy would be overcome with a spirit of fear and lose the sincere faith. Therefore, he says, listen, Timothy, remember, God didn't give you fear. That's not from God. If you're dealing with fear, that's not from God. Amen? And so listen, we need to face fear head on and recognize that it's trying to compete with our faith. And Jesus paid too high of a price to live in fear. We need to live in faith. Trust God, rely on God, believe God that he can cause you to walk on water. He can provide a roadway in the wilderness, a stream in the desert. He can move mountains out of your way. Come on, that's the God that we serve. Amen. Now listen, I believe that. You know, whenever you think about, I think about the detrimental power of fear. And I think about it in my own life. Man, I would have ne- I would never receive the blessing of tithing if I feared. I would never lay hands on people and believe for God to heal them if I lived in fear. I would never witness to anybody. I would never step up in the pulpit and preach to somebody. I would never confess and declare the goodness of God if I was bound by fear. I think about fear. I would have never made a commitment to marry my wife. I would have never received countless blessings if I'd have been gripped by fear. Come on, fear is not our friend. Fear is our enemy. And we need to stand up in the face of fear and say, I'm not going to stay up at night. I'm not going to look at the winds and the waves any longer. I'm going to look at the cross and look at the provision of Jesus and say, Jesus is going to help me and he's going to take me to the other side. And so we need to do like Paul said to Timothy and recognize, here's the point. If if fear is not faced or dealt with, it's going to rob us of God's provisions. Amen. So how do you face your fear? Well, Paul said that fear is a spirit. God has given you a spirit of fear. So since it's a spirit, we need to attack it spiritually. Come on, a pill won't do it. A bottle won't do it. Come on, mind over matter won't do it. We need to attack it in the word of God and the spirit of God. Amen. Because Paul said, listen, God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but he did give you something. He gave God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but he did give us power. He did give us love, and he did give us a sound mind. And whenever the love of God fills your heart, fear has no place in you. Come on. Somebody, somebody shout right where you are and say, I'm not living in fear any longer. Come on. Some of you need to be encouraged today. Get your eyes off the winds and the waves. Get your eyes on Jesus and take authority over that fear. Amen. Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. And he delivered me from how many fears? All, every last one of them. Amen. The third mark of a life lived by faith is they continually strengthen their faith through the power of the Spirit. You know, listen, the reality is no matter how hard you try to stay strong in your faith, there's always situations in circumstances that have a way of weakening your faith. Now, I can be up here and ranting and raving and talking about we need to be strong in our faith. 
And by the end of the day, my faith could be weakened by the things that I face throughout the day. And it's the same with you. Trials and tribulations weaken your faith. Is that right? Life's failures and disappointments weaken your faith. Whenever you experience persecution for living your life for Jesus, it has a way of weakening your faith. Whenever you experience personal tragedy or, or great loss, it has a way of weakening your life and weakening your faith. Wouldn't you agree with that? Life has a way of weakening your faith. Everybody's faith is weakened at some point in time. In fact, even the disciples' faith was weakened. Remember, after Jesus was crucified, they said, man, we're going fishing. Well, fishing is what they left when they started following Jesus. But when Jesus was crucified, they were discouraged, and they said, I'm going back. I'm going back fishing. Even his 12 could face disappointment and discouragement. They discouraged. So how do you keep your faith strong? When you got to face life and you got to deal with all these things. I think Jude gives us the solution. In Jude 20, he says, but you, dear friends, build yourself up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. You need to pray. And not just pray in the natural, pray in the spirit. Amen. Pray in the spirit. According to Jude, you strengthen your faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, we live in a day and an age where even in churches, they don't want to mention the Holy Spirit because they want to be seeker sensitive and afraid. They might spook people that are coming to church. But listen, we can't throw out the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's our power. Amen. And he said, you could be baptized with another baptism, and it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I've learned when I'm going through difficult times, and I'm getting discouraged, and I'm getting depressed, if I'll just get alone with the Lord and begin to pray in the Spirit, and begin to war in the Spirit, and begin to pray in the Spirit, and begin to war in the Spirit. Listen, my circumstances don't change, but I'll tell you, that stuff that tries to come on me has to get off of me. Amen. Because greater is He that is in me than the circumstances I am in, or the Spirit of the world that's out there. And so I encourage you, if you're not, if you're not Spirit-filled, seek it out, pursue it, ask questions, and get spirit-filled. Get your heavenly language. If you are spirit-filled, I want to encourage you. Come on, pull that. Come on, begin speaking in tongues again. Begin praying in the spirit again. Come on, Jesus paid a high price for you to be empowered with your spirit. Amen. Come on, Jude said, build yourself up. Build yourself up praying in the Holy Spirit. I remember when I first got into ministry, man, it was just such a difficult thing to get in the pulpit. I was a youth pastor. And man, I'll tell you what, a room full of teenagers can be an intimidating thing. And man, I would be so timid and up there. I didn't want to get up there. And I'd get up there and I'd just fall all over. I didn't know what to say. But I'd get in my prayer closet and begin to pray in the Spirit and pray in the Spirit and pray in the Spirit. And by the time I got done, my heart was so filled with faith. It doesn't matter whether somebody said yes or amen. I was going to get up there and I was going to declare and proclaim the word of God regardless of whether they had one person in the room or not. I'm telling you, the spirit of God will strengthen your faith. Woo! Glory! Glory to God! Glory to God! Glory to God! Come on, the spirit is fueling somebody's faith right now in the name of Jesus. I know some of you think I'm crazy. Amen. 
Jesus said, you're going to receive power. You will receive power. Come on, his power is still available. His power is still here. It hadn't decreased. It hadn't run out of power. His power is here. His power is here. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me out there? Finally, the fourth mark of a life lived by faith is they persevere through the fire of testing. Listen, I think you would all agree that at some point in your life as a Christian, your faith is going to get tested. I mean, you can name it. You can claim it. You can proclaim it. You could do all that, but in the world, you're going to have tribulation. And your faith is going to get tested. I don't care how much you pray in tongues. I don't care how much you pray. I don't care how much you look at Jesus instead of the winds and the waves. Your faith is going to get tested. The Christian life is not a walk or tiptoe through the tulips. It's warfare. Amen. And James said, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. For your endurance to grow, your faith has to be tested. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Amen. Listen, we got a grandbaby just eight months old, and she's trying to get her wheels on her. And listen, we put her, we put her down and we're trying to get her to crawl. And she don't want to crawl. She don't want to do that. But we listen, we say, listen, honey, before you can run, you got to crawl. And so we're willing to get her through a place of discomfort because we want her to strengthen. We want her to grow because we know God's destiny is for her to run. And God puts us in positions and he says, I want your faith to grow because I didn't call you to crawl. I called you to run. I got a destiny for you and I'm willing to allow your faith to be tested so you can up with wings as eagles and you could soar above your circumstances come on your faith is going to be tested we'll all go through a time of testing but the question is are we going to endure the time of testing see i think a lot of times this is where we fall down is we give up we throw in the towel every day in church there's somebody they never say i'm throwing in the towel They just in their mind decide, I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not reading my Bible anymore. I'm not praying anymore. I'm walking with God and look what I'm dealing with. And they throw in the towel and they go the way of the world and they leave the blessing of God sitting on the table. And I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, it's never worth going back. It's never worth turning away. Don't give up. Don't turn in the towel. Don't persevere in your faith. Persevere. The Bible says, blessed are those who endure. Blessed are those who persevere under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. You know what I found out? I found out some of the greatest blessings come right after the greatest trial. The greatest blessing comes out of the greatest trial. You know, when I think about it, I think about the 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 darkness I was in before I stepped out 
and faith and left the oil field and went into the ministry. It was a dark day and it wasn't for a day or a week or a month. It was for years and I was struggling. Do I go in the ministry or do I not? Is it me or is it God? Is it the devil trying to shame me and, and wreck me? What is it? And it was a warfare and it was a test of my faith. But listen, I am so glad that God put me in the test because I would have never stepped in the ministry. I would have never seen soul saves and lives change. The blessing comes after the great time of trial. Amen. I remember whenever the years of being single and walking in everybody else's wedding and being the best man, I wanted to be the man, not the best man. Amen. But I can remember it was a discouraging time. I felt lonely. Lord, have you forgot about me? I'm doing my best to serve you. Lord, where is your blessing? It was dark. It was dark. But listen, I'm so glad that I didn't turn back and I didn't follow some little tale that came around. I'm glad I waited on God. I'm glad I waited for the Lord's blessing. I'm telling you, the greatest blessing comes sometimes right after the greatest, darkest hour in your life. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Come on, it's not worth it. Come on, like the disciples. Lord, where are we going to go? You alone have the words of life. Sadly, too many people, they can't, they, they can't take the persecution they're facing out there. If you say you're a Christian, then you're a hater and you're intolerant and you're this and you're that. Used to be they embraced Christianity and Christianity was a thing that to, to be envied and to be followed. Now it's like, oh, you're one of those. And some people are not living under the, the fire of being a Christian. But come on, saints. Come on. We got to stand up. It doesn't matter what comes at us. It doesn't matter who throws what at us. Come on, raise your shield of faith and say, I'm not going back. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. It doesn't matter if everything, including my clothes, takes away from me. And I got to stand there naked and serve God. I'm going to serve him. And if they kill me, they kill me. And if I die, I'm going to heaven and I'm going to live my life life with Jesus. I need a better amen. I need a better amen. Come on. I need a better amen. I need a better amen. Come on. Come on. Stir up your faith. Come on. Stir up your faith. We need to serve God. We need to live our life for Jesus. Yes. 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 Come on. Just worship him. Come on. Just bless him. Thank him. Thank him. Father, we love you. We bless you. We honor you. We glorify you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just sense, I just sense, listen, when Stephen was getting persecuted and they were throwing stones at him, Jesus was sitting at the right hand of the Father. But whenever he watched Stephen, said, I'm not giving up, I'm not turning back, I'm not giving, I'm not turning my back on Jesus, I'm going to die declaring the goodness of God. The Bible says Jesus couldn't sit any longer. He had to stand up and watch Stephen, amen. He had to stand up. He said, oh my goodness, look at there. And I think when we stand in faith, we decide I'm going to live my life in faith. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to depend on God. I'm going to rely on God. I'm not trusting God for what He can give me. I'm trusting God for who He is. My faith is not in my faith. My faith is in the goodness and the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, I believe we just need to be stirred today. Come on, Paul said, I have fought 
the good fight. How many of you know it's a, it's a good fight, saints? It's a good fight. And I have finished the race. Come on, we got to finish. We can't just start. We got to finish. We got to finish. Come on, Jesus said, when he used the parable of the seeds, he said, you know, some people, as soon as the heat starts coming on them, they give up. They throw in the towel. Come on, let that be me or you. Let us finish our race. Amen. And he said, I have kept the faith. Now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will award to me on that day. How do you get the reward? By living your life in faith and finishing your race and not giving up. But he says, listen, that reward is not only for me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Hey, gang, we win no matter what. We win no matter what. We win no matter what. Listen, I just talked to you about Paul who wrote the New Testament. You know how his life ended? His head was taken off. But you know what? Don't you know he's in a good place right now in heaven? Don't you know? Don't you know? He is in a 24-7 spirit of worship and, 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 and just peace and, and in the presence of God. Amen? Listen, the worst thing that can happen is we die. But if we die, we're in glory. Amen? But isn't it, listen, it may not seem like it right now. It may not seem like this is the hardest life to live, living a life of faith. I encourage you, if that's how you feel, get in your prayer closet. Pray in the Spirit. Build your faith up. Amen. Because Jesus not wants you to live in victory in heaven. He wants you to live in victory here. Amen. Listen, when it's all said and done, we bust through those clouds and we go through that veil and we're in the presence of Jesus and He looks down at us and He says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on, we're going to do the jigabug. Amen. Or whatever you call it. That we're going to dance like nobody danced before. Amen. We're going to celebrate. We're going to shout. Come on, some of us never shouted in church. But when we get to heaven and he says, well done, you made it. You're going to shout like nobody's business. Amen. Say, praise the Lord. I'm glad I didn't give up. Would you do me a favor? Let's stand together. Let's stand together. Before we go home today, I want you to, I want to just ask you, how's your faith today? I just felt impressed whenever I was praying over the congregation a few months ago and I was praying that God would fill your heart with faith. And the Lord reminded me of Hebrews 4. And He said the word they heard did not do them any good because it was not mixed with faith. It was not mixed with faith. To receive God's provisions, we need to be in faith. We need to have faith. Come on, do you believe God can heal you? Do you believe God can deliver you? Do you believe He can provide a roadway in the wilderness? A stream in the desert? Do you believe He can move mountains? Rely on Him, trust Him. Amen, and He can do it. He can do it. But how are you in your faith? I like what 2 Corinthians 13 says. Verse 5, check up on yourselves. Are you really Christians? Do you pass the test? Do you feel Christ's presence and power more and more within you? Or are you just pretending to be Christians when actually you aren't at all? It's a good question to ask. How's your faith? How you doing? 
Come on. I want God's presence and power in my life more and more every day. How about you? I want to rely and trust him more and more every day. Amen. I wish Brother Larry could come up here and just share a little bit of testimony of the fight he's had to fight. And Miss Mary Lou, the price he's had to pay to see God do that work that he's done in Mexico where there are churches everywhere, where there's people getting ministered to everywhere. Gang, listen, it's a fight of faith. But listen, we got to keep on keeping on. Amen. Hang on just a minute. The apostle's coming. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, God. I've known this young man for so many, many years. I've never heard him preach a better message in all of my life. That is a foundation that you can build on. You need not look anywhere else. You received it all this morning. Stand on what you've heard, the Word of God. I could talk for two or three days and tell you times that if I would have wanted, if I would have given up, I don't think God would have even said, you shouldn't have. I mean, situation unbelievable, but I never ever turn my back on my call to serve God. You can make it. You can do it. Today our ministry reaches from the Texas Mexico border to the to the Belize Mexico border far as you can go south. It reaches from the Gulf of Mexico to the Pacific Ocean east and west. God is a great God, a mighty God, a powerful God, a powerful God. Stand on what you heard this morning. I'm not bragging on this man. I'm bragging on the truth of God that he brought to you. Stand on that word. Thank you. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Thank you. Why you pray over us, Our Father, I can, I can pray now. Because I can pray out of experience, Lord. I've seen almost everything that could possibly come against the call of God in ministry. But in every occasion, God, you were greater. You were greater. I pray for a church that I love so very much. When I walked through these doors this morning, I felt at home with my people. Oh, Lord, I pray that in times of weakness, strengthen them, God. Strengthen. We can't make it on our own. We, 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 we admit that we confess that, Lord. We cannot make it. And even though we've been in, in, in life walking with you for many, many years, yet, Lord, sometimes we stumble. Sometimes we stumble. But you're always there to reach down like you did for Peter. Take us by the hand. Not fuss at us. Not accuse us. Not say, why did you do that? But you just looked at us with those loving eyes. And once again, we realize you're our Lord. You're our comfort. You're our help. Father, I pray for this congregation. I pray for the leadership of this church. I pray for the pastor, all the elders, the deacon, 
I pray for those that sweep the floors of this church. I pray for each and every one, God. Cover them with your mercy, your grace, your love, and your blessings. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. for just a moment. If you're here today and you say, Todd, I don't even know if I'm a Christian. I don't know if I've ever surrendered, fully surrendered my heart to Jesus. If I died, I'm not sure that I get to go to heaven, but I sure want to go. And today I have faith to believe that Jesus can get me there. If that's you today and you want a special prayer to receive Christ, would you just raise your hand just raise it high so I can see right over here. I see your hand. Anybody else? Don't be timid. Don't be shy. This is your day. Anybody else? Just raise your hand and just wave it at me. There you go, sir. Right over here. Anybody else? Just wave your hand right here, sir. I see your hand. Anywhere else? Come on. The Spirit of God. Right here, ma'am. I see your hand. Come on. Just lift lift both of your hands now. Don't be ashamed. Come on. Be bold in the house of God. And say, as for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. Come on. Just declare it right now. Listen, those of you that have your hand raised, come on. Just pray this prayer and say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Let's all pray it. Lord Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner and I've sinned against you. But Lord, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? Would you forgive me, Lord, for every sin? I repent. I want to live my life for you. Help me, Jesus, to live the Christian life. That's my desire today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. And amen. Listen, those of you that raised your hand, do me a favor and just walk up here right now. And we got a gift for you and we want to help you get started in this journey with the Lord. Amen. Let me pray a blessing over the rest of you. Come on. How many of you hanging in there? Come on, hang in there like a hair in a biscuit. Don't throw in your faith. Don't throw in the towel. Father, I pray the blessing and favor of God over the people of God today. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. And amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. If not, God bless you.